Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. Kurt Zanvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about time travel again. But first, as always, we have shout outs. That's right, we have shout outs to Kenneth, Paul, Ricardo, the Croatian sensation, Julia, Damien, and Daniel, Jasmine, Ian, Eric, Branda, Tanya, Jen, Alexandra, Simon, Eek, Amy, George, Connie, Seth, Christine, Jason, Hayden, Cindy, Kim, Adam, Karen, Ashley, Krista, Nick, Harry the Bassist, Erie the Cat, Fran, Dave, and Sean. I hope you guys are doing okay. Carolyn. What's that? Ian, Lorelai, Mickey, Carrie, Ezram, Robin, Will, Carrie, Jim, Kelly, Lauren, and Phil Mangano, Bill, Lash, Russell. Oh, and by the way, real quick, Russ sent me out this freaking awesome Bigfoot uh, Pez dispenser. I'll be showing it off on the next live channel, but I have to say thank you to him real quick. So thank you, sir. Tanya, Donald, Chris, Gamerfan, Brandon, Hi, April, Seth, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Sean Bishop, Cole, Lauren and David. Ah, monsters! Paula, Alicia, Jerry, Leo, Austin, Rachel, Lindsay, Elliot, Trey, Erica, John, Jennifer, Megan, Aaron, Jeff T, Harley, Suzanne, Joe, Lawrence, Josh, Rosa, Shelly, Lauren McCune, hey howdy hi, Veronica, Nick, Autumn, J Mark, Amber, Carolyn, Martin, Jade, Nanashi, Megan, Heidi, Kira, Pablo, Chuck, Laura, that's Laura Rutho, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson. Fun fact, there'll be an Elijah episode coming up very soon. He did a lot of great work on it. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Juliana, Dan, Matt, Dill, and Laura. Special shout out to Joe Teague. Alrighty, let's get right into Paranormal News. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Paranormal News. saying it was aliens, but there are 12 recent UFO sightings in the Lehigh Valley. That's right, some people are seeing more than full moons and fireworks during the 4th of July in Bethlehem. They've been seeing at least a dozen UFO sightings in the Lehigh Valley so far in 2020, according to the National UFO Reporting Center. UFO Day was July 2nd, an event that Pennsylvania's official Twitter account observed with, an, with a map of UFO sightings around the state in 2020. They said, here's some of the places Pennsylvania's, Pennsylvanians have reported seeing these unidentified flying objects so far in 2020. The tweet placed a small cluster of flying saucers around the Lehigh Valley, which got us here at LehighValleyLive.com curious. What are the people seeing? Is it going to be the Tesla satellites? Sure, that makes up some of them but not everything. They say they vary from a plane-like object hovering over warehouses to a bright stationary light that may or might, may or may not have been Venus. They're saying that there's a lot more sightings than usual, and that's around the world. There's actually quite a new, uh, quite a bunch of news stories about how many more UFO sightings are being sighted since the uh, pandemic, if you will, since people have been quarantined. I guess people are getting bored and looking up to the skies, and sure enough, they're seeing UFOs. And speaking of UFOs, the big story for this week, the Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public, because for over a decade, the program now tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence has discussed mysterious events in classified briefings. Here's the main takeaway. They are saying there are vehicles not of this earth, not man-made, that they have. This is disclosure. This is what we're talking about. This is what I've been wanting to talk about forever. Vehicles not of this earth. You can't spin this to say, oh, well, they meant 
comets, and meteors. No, no, vehicles not made on this Earth. That's right, a Department of Defense in March talked about classified brief. It's a classified briefing that happened in March in the Department of Defense, and they talk about having these off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. The Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force at the Office of Naval Intelligence was described in a Senate, Senate Intelligence Committee report last month. The unit standardizes collection and reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena, any links that they have to the adversarial foreign governments, and the threat that they pose to the U.S. military assets and, and uh, installations. But again, the big takeaway, I could read this whole thing to you, but I don't want to, I don't want to clutter it. This story is about, again, off-world vehicles not made on this earth. And there's going to be reports, and these, these reports are going to be made to the public. We are getting disclosure in bits and pieces, just like I thought it was going to happen. But it's happening a lot quicker than I thought it was going to happen. So... Tell all your friends, tell all the disbeliever friends that you have, sorry, vehicles not of this world. That's a UFO. Straight up, those are aliens. They exist. UFOs exist. Up next in paranormal news, are paranormal investigations in your own home a good idea? They go on to say that, uh, the story says that paranormal investigators are a hardy lot willing to explore a world of shadows and mysteries at the drop of a dime. However, when it becomes a matter of strange shenanigans in their own private residence, should they investigate? Well, most would say no. There is no better justification for, in for investigations than helping someone in need and providing answers. But who's going to help you when your fortress of solitude is invaded? All right, relax. It's a house or an apartment, most likely. They say you begin to look for reasons. Maybe it's something I brought home from an investigation. Something that's been here all along and as curious about you as you are about them. Maybe it's you that is haunted rather than locations. They say that you have the initial reaction. Bullshit. You gotta be kidding. Look the other way. Blah, blah, blah. But some paranormal enthusiast may well embrace that their house being haunted isn't such a good idea. They said you're a constant, you're on a constant ride of pins and needles when you really should be recharging your batteries. Nighttime walks through a darkened house has you on edge, and you have to go to work the next day, so there's no rest for the weary. Okay, side note here. There is no reason that you have to do nighttime investigations of a haunted location, and you have to do it in the dark. If you're in a house with the lights on, you can do an investigation. Nothing more happens. It's not like ghosts are waiting for you to turn out the light so they can be like, oh, okay, we can walk around now. Whew, thank God he turned off that light. Oh my God, he can see my shadow. No, it's dumb. If you want to investigate something, go investigate. Daytime, nighttime, it doesn't matter. Ghosts don't care about lights. They're not afraid of lights. They're not a mogwai, for God's sakes. But anyhow, this whole story, the whole point of it is, they're saying that you probably shouldn't do a paranormal investigation in your own house if you're a paranormal investigator because you got to separate that work-home life, and that's not doing that. I thought it was a bizarre, bizarre story that someone felt the need to write, but uh, I had to share it with you guys. Alrighty, up next. Pentagon has a lot more classified UFO videos, says ex-head of secret government program. That's right. The Pentagon has even more of those Tic Tac UFO videos. That shouldn't come as any surprise based on that earlier main story. So be prepared. We're going to get more and more. I just posted a story from TMZ in Long Beach that happened like two days ago where, where people saw people at the beach saw a UFO overhead and then it just blink zipped away. UFOs are out there. They're becoming more and more prevalent. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, unfortunately, I don't know. That's up for you to decide. Okay, up next in Paranormal News, the secret U.S. military device for seeing the past within a specific location. Hmm, that sounds like time travel. Wow, maybe that's why I added it to this episode. That's right, a top-secret U.S. military device that was actually created in the 1970s 
was able to observe what happened at any time in the past within a specific location. Now, this is according to a major American ufologist who has briefed U.S. presidents on the extraterrestrial phenomena. It says that the founder of the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, Dr. Stephen Greer, described a strange mechanism that was developed at the U.S. Secret Weapons Laboratory at White Oaks in Maryland. Now, during his research, he discovered, or he described, he described how a military advisor for the U.S. Navy informed him of a device that could extract information in a specific location from a century ago or even a thousand years ago. So this isn't within the last couple hours. You can't, like, walk into a... I was thinking it was, like, if you walked into a house and then you used this device, it could tell you what happened in the past hour or so. No, he's saying from a century ago, from a hundred years ago, to maybe even a thousand years ago. He says, uh, one of the military advisors was with the naval intelligence, and they said in the old days, there was a naval, there was a naval facility at White Oaks outside Washington, D.C. The facility had an electronic device that it could extract from any point in space something that had happened in the past in that specific location. They called it the white noise of space-time. Basically, what they're saying is, this is a time-traveling project, again, developed in the 1970s. They described it as an electronic system that allows you to see what happened an hour ago in the space that you're, that you're sitting in at that time. But you can also extract the information from what happened a century ago, a thousand years ago, maybe even a million years ago, he said. Obviously, this is like a huge, you know, grain of salt story, but... Dr. Greer, who is one of the world's leading authorities on extraterrestrials, said that he had interviewed many whistleblowers about advanced technologies that seem to work via quantum entanglement. This is why I added this. You're going to hear a lot about quantum, well, not a lot about, you're going to hear a little about quantum entanglement in this very episode. That is the key to time travel, according to a lot of reputable astrophysicists. They say... You want to send information back in time? Quantum entanglement. You want to go back in time? Quantum entanglement. What is quantum entanglement? Well, very briefly, quantum entanglement describes how two particles that are separated by vast distances in space or time can be linked and how their movements mysteriously correlate. That is a very brief description. But, you know, Google quantum entanglement. You know, do you do you. He said, I brief former ministers of defense on the projects. They are highly compartmentalized projects that have not been revealed to even members of the UK government. The UFO researcher, the UFO researcher suggested that the machines tapped into, quote, what mystics used to call the Akashic Record. Now, what is the Akashic Record? And I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. I don't care. That is the storage place for all human events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent that has ever happened in the past, what's happening in the present, or will happen in the future. There are a lot of people that claim to be psychic that say, I've tapped into this thing, and I can read it like a book, because everything that ever was, is, or will be, is already written down. So it's very interesting. I really kind of dug the fact that uh, he said, look, this device that was made in the 70s has tapped into this record. He says it stores everything and says the record is stored in interdimensional space and there are interfaces such as the one developed at White Oaks that can interface with this realm. It now turns out that there are actually electronic systems that can access this record. So what... What was once mysticism, or currently is mysticism, he's saying it's science, and we figured out how to use it. He also mentions in this article Elon Musk's Neuralink project. He says the neurotechnology that the Neuralink company are progressing towards will ultimately allow a low-latency broadband link where thoughts are able to control electronic devices. He says you keep ramping that up, you can make the device that was actually made in the 70s. So it's a very bizarre, again, 
huge grain of salt uh, time. But if this is true, and it's a big if, but if it's true, we can know everything that has ever happened, that is happening, or that will happen. Now, my question is how the Mandela effect will affect this. How is splitting off to parallel universes, you know, similar to our own, how does, it, how does it affect this device? Does the device record every timeline? Every parallel universe? I don't know. Alrighty, that about does it. We, we, that was enough paranormal news for now, so let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with time travel. Or, we've already done the time travel, and you've already listened to it. Because it's time travel. It's a whole, you know, hodgepodge of funness. But we'll be right back, nonetheless. That's right, we are back. And I would like to think that time travelers are listening to this very podcast, but just aren't letting us know about it. Maybe it's a time law, or maybe it's a rule. But let's take another look at some more possible time travelers. I love time travelers. I love time travel. The thought of the, you know, the thought of seeing the Beatles in concert on the rooftop or being there at the grassy knoll or to change some horrific event for selfish reasons. I love everything about time travel. But is it real? And can we prove it? Well, I don't know. Are there any time travelers living amongst us today? This episode has a lot of grains of salt. You've already heard one in the uh, story that I just read you. But this episode's also a fun one, so let's get back to the future. Alright, finally for this episode, let's talk about if time travelers have ever been here and used social media. Well, in 2018, astrophysicist and co-founder of the Astronomy Picture of the Day, Robert Nemiroff, and his graduate student, Teresa Wilson, of the Michigan Technological University, wanted to see if time travelers were here, or have been here in the past, by using key searches in social media. Which is a brilliant test. I was going to, I don't know, experiment. A brilliant experiment. What they did was by using Twitter and Google Trends for popular keywords that they came up with, they actually searched for Comet Ison, I-S-O-N, before it was discovered in 2012, and for Pope Francis before he was chosen on March 13, 2013. Two very unique searches that shouldn't have any posts before they happen. At all. They searched back as far back as January 2006. Now their theory was that if either of these things showed up before they happened, this could be proof of time travelers. Now while they were doing this experiment, they also issued a request for time travelers to send tweets using either the hashtag I can change the past to or I cannot change the past to by the end of August 2013. So while they're doing it, they said, hey time travelers, you go back in time, as far back as January 2006, and use either of these hashtags. That'll just give us a little nudge like, hey, time travel's real, but I can't change the past. Or, hey, time travel's real, and I can change the past. Nemiroff said, one of the good things about this study is that it's reproducible. There are surely other search items that could be thought up, like COVID-19. Now, unfortunately, they didn't find any mentions of either of their searches, and no hashtags happened in the past. So, well-played time travelers, well-played. Now, their dissertation also answered when the first mentions of time travel happened, which was good because that's what I wanted to know for this very episode. They said the earliest found mentions of time travel are the Indian Mahab, Mahabharata, Mahabharata, which may date as far back as the 9th century BC, and also the Hebrew Talmud, which was written about 300 AD, and the Japanese Nihongi. I'm sure I got all of those wrong. I apologize. But that one dates back to about 700 AD. And the very classic story of time travel, 
H.G. Wells' 1895 work, The Time Machine. They said these are the earliest found mentions of time travel. Yet. Now. Soon to be. Forever. We don't know. It's time travel. Everything's all wishy-washy. Now another scientist named Ronald Mallet, who is a theoretical physicist at the University of Connecticut, says he solved time travel. That's right. He says... My solutions to this equation, my solutions to Einstein's equations, show that a circulating beam of light will actually cause space and time to become twisted. Now, eventually, that twisting of space, if it was great enough, might lead us to a twisting of time into a loop. Now, that could allow the possibility of time travel or for sending back information into the past. And he said, that was my breakthrough. That's right. His theory is that time travel won't be going back yourself yet. You can't just kind of go back there and start wandering around in the 50s making out with your mom. But he thinks we can send the information back in time, which a lot of other scientists think will need to happen if we eventually do want to physically travel back. They all say we will need to send back the info on how to build a time machine through quantum entanglement, yet again. Hence, making that time machine in the past. We'll send that back saying, hey, 50s dudes, build this. Now we have a point that we can go back to. Because that's what's stopping a lot of people from time traveling backwards is that the time machine hadn't been invented back in the 50s. If we invent it today, like say, say you can only travel as far back as the time machine exists. If you build one today, you can travel forward in time, but you could only go back to today, to today in time, not earlier, because the time machine hadn't existed prior to this point. Well, Ronald Mallet says, screw that. Let's send the information through quantum entanglement back as far back as we can, not too far because they need to actually build it or have the scientific ability to build it, but let's send it back. They can build it back then and then whoop, we can start heading back. He also says that instead of time being in a straight line, he says, let's create that loop of time and go anywhere in this gravitational field loop. He says, and again, he is a theoretical physicist a leader in his class. He says, it's a very real possibility that we'll be time traveling or maybe already have. He actually claims, I actually solved Einstein's gravitational field equation. My solutions to his equations showed that a circulating beam of light will cause space and time to become twisted. Eventually, that twisting of space, if it was great enough, might lead to a twisting of time into a loop that could allow the possibility of time travel. And that, he says, will happen. But there's a catch. As with everything in time travel, he says there is a catch. The cost of building his equipment is so expensive, he doesn't even have a number for it right now. Still, pretty freaking cool that this guy, who isn't some, like, woo-woo, tinfoil hat-wearing guy in his basement, no, a theoretical physicist, says he thinks he has solved time travel. A bunch of scientists all think we are on the breakthrough of time travel, and that this guy holds the key. Okay, enough with the science. Let's talk about the first thing on this episode. Time travelers. Let me start this next part by saying I am not making fun of anyone's religion. So please, don't feel attacked. I've seen other people mention what I'm about to mention and get attacked because they think they're attacking a religion. That is not my thing. That is not my case. I am never attacking anyone's religion. I am going to just simply tell you about this. So everybody be cool, okay? All right, let's start back in time. There was a man that many people think was a time traveler. His name was Hazir, or Harati Kazir, or the Green Man. Now, his legend comes from Turkey, 
where it said that Hazir could teleport. He could teleport anywhere he wanted. He could also see the future, and he used his power to save lives like an old-school Turkish Sam Beckett, if you will. Now, some say he went on a journey with Moses, and on that journey, he drank some water of life, making him immortal. Some other people say he was also written about in the Quran and the Bible and taught about in Judaism. He is also said to be told about throughout Pakistan's history and in St. George's history and in Mexico lore, but he's not just written about in old books. Nope. Many people, current people, think he's still out there. Like this man on a forum who said, I think I also met him. I was late for work at a new job in a different town. I got lost and had no idea where I was going. I was young and needed his job and needed this job desperately and couldn't afford to get fired. As I was driving, I saw a man on the side of the road looking towards me and smiling. That man started pointing down a road and was beckoning me to drive that way. I did, and that road directly led me to my new workplace. All right, Kurt here, just because some smiley guy just happened to be pointing down the road and you just happened to follow his random pointing down the random road doesn't mean time traveler to me yet. So how about this one? On a different forum, this guy wrote, Many years ago, my aunt was alone at her home. With her was a four- or five-month-old baby girl, my cousin, of course, lying on the bed. My aunt was getting some stuff out of the closet and putting them over the bed and got distracted for a minute when she turned and realized that my little cousin was choking with the plastic bag she left over the bed with all the other stuff and started to turn blue. So my aunt tried to pull the bag out of her throat but couldn't. So she just desperately ran out of the house screaming for help and for someone to call a medic or an ambulance. Then suddenly, a man appeared out of nowhere, got into the house, so my aunt followed him, he went right upstairs, directly into the room where the baby was. There were four rooms for him to choose from, but he went directly into this room. Somehow, he pulled the bag out and started CPR for infants. What my aunt found later talking with the medic, and uh, after some minutes, the baby just caught breath again and started to cry. Right away, my aunt lifted her, lifted her girl and hugged her like crazy, and cr hugged her crying like crazy. The neighbors just got there while she was carrying the baby in the arm, just in the nick of time, all screaming in joy and also crying. But wait. After some moments, my aunt started to ask everyone where the man was that just saved her daughter's life. In the confusion, my aunt hugged everyone in the room. There were like five or six of her neighbors, but none of them was the one that performed the CPR. My aunt went down looking, my aunt went downstairs looking for the man, went outside, to the street, to the corner, everywhere, and he was nowhere to be found. The next day, she was asking all of her neighbors if someone knew the guy or had seen him, and none of them knew who he was, never saw him ever again. That one, that one leads me to believe Time Traveler. He popped out of nowhere, showed up, went right in without her telling her, without her telling him what to do, went right into the correct room, and saved the baby's life. And that baby grew up to be Hitler. No, not at all. I don't know who this baby is. It's current story. So we'll have to wait and see who this baby turns out to be. And someone should be tracking that baby because if this guy, Hazir, popped in to save the baby, you would think the baby was going to be doing something cool. So, you know, all eyes on that kid. All right. So why don't a lot of people recognize Hazir? If he pops in all the time saying, saving a lot of people, well, they must say, and he looked like this but they don't. Stories of Hazir says that he can look like a young boy, a woman, an old man. Basically, they're saying he's a shapeshifter. He can be whatever he needs to be to save the people he needs to save. <coughs> Quantum leap. <coughs> All right, so how do you spot Hazir then? Well, there are clues, like... Hazir's thumb on his right hand has no bones. How you're going to spot that, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a little flappy thumb with no bones sticking out of it. I don't know. That's, that's going to be a tough one. His index finger and middle fingers on both hands appear to be the same length. Again, 
don't just start looking for that because there are a lot of normal not Hazir people that have the ring finger and the middle finger the same lengths. But more importantly, this one should be easy for you to spot. So if you see someone matching this part of the description, you're looking at Hazir. They say wherever he steps, leafy plants or grass emerges from that step. All right, that's a good one. Keep an eye out for that one, I guess. If you happen to see someone with no bone in their right thumb, just watch where he's stepping. Don't look for the middle finger and index finger. Look for the plant steps. If he's walking and cool plants or grass are emerging, that's the guy. That's his ear. Go get that guy. Have him tell you about the future. I don't know what you're going to do. Have him save you? I don't know. But if you see that guy, just keep an eye on him. Make sure you take some, you know, footage of him, video of him, whatever. Now, if you do see him, it might turn out good for you because it's also written that Hazir teaches his ability when people have reached the position of Hazir. Now, look, I can't find out what I need to work on to get to the position of Hazir. So I'm just going to say... Whatever you're doing, you haven't reached the position of Hazir yet. So keep on trying. Maybe you'll get to be the assistant position of Hazir, and then, you know, you're close to it. But uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Alrighty, with that, I guess the old saying is true. Hazir today, gone tomorrow. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll see myself out. Okay, before we get to Hazir, let's talk about one of the most famous time travel things ever. It's an ad, and this ad read, Wanted. Someone to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. P.O. Box 322, Oakview, California, 93022. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety not guaranteed. I've only done this once before. This ad should sound familiar to you. I've talked about it on this pad on this podcast before, but it's also it's been everywhere. It's been on talk shows, the news, Craigslist, t-shirts, websites, dumb podcasts like this one, video games, a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed was made about it. But now we know who wrote it and why. That's right. For the longest time, no one knew who actually wrote it or why, or if he ever time-traveled. But we do now, because let me read to you a piece from the man who wrote that ad. His name is John Silvera. Silvera? Eh, maybe Silvera. He wrote, It first appeared on page 92 of the September-October 1997 issue of BHM, and I wrote it. Why'd I write it? What was my motive? In the early days of Backwoods Home Magazine, the publisher, Dave Duffy, used fillers when the classified ads pages came up short. He'd asked me to come up with jokes or riddles, which I often did. Some were original, some not. But one night, desperate to wrap up the classifieds, he says, John, give me a couple of jokes. Now, it's not easy to do that on, on demand, so he sighs and asked, how about I place a couple of ads for free? And he said, sure. So, John said, I came up with two. One was a personal. I was looking for a girlfriend. The other was the time travel ad. If you can find that issue and look on pages 92 and 93, you'll see both of my ads both use the same P.O. box. Now, a few astute readers caught it but I didn't dream the ad up that night. It's been actually the opening lines to an unfinished novel I started years before that. I let Dave use it, expecting three or four responses from it, and hope for a few dozen from the personal. Instead, I received more than 1,000 from the time travel ad, and maybe five from the personal. The responses to that time travel ad never end. Sometimes the flow into my P.O. box is a mere trickle. Other times the box is stuffed. I think it's the result of the periodic appearance of the ad on the internet, and as I've said, in other places over the years, like this podcast. It's also been appropriated by individuals who've either used the exact same or nearly identical wording, except they changed the P.O. box to one of their own. Others have claimed the Oakview mailbox belongs to them. 
Some guy with a bad mullet has run the ad with his picture as if it's his. But I am the only one with the key to that P.O. box. That's right, this guy still has the P.O. box from 1997, and he's still getting responses to that ad. Now, over the years, he says, over the years, I've received responses from every state and every continent, including Antarctica. What have the people who responded wanted? Well, most seem to believe the ad. Several hundred, while admitting maybe it was a hoax, hoped it wasn't, and wanted to go back in time for the sheer adventure. Though pay was offered, many of those said they'd do it for nothing. And he puts in quotes, hell, I would too. Some letters come from guys who gave me a list of some pretty sophisticated weapons that they could bring along with their credentials. Black belts in martial arts, explosive experts, language skills, etc. Along with assurances that they can pretty much take care of themselves. And I believe them. But many letters came from the people who wanted me to correct a past tragedy. Dozens in prison asked me to go back in time and talk them out of committing the crime that put them away. Others, and not a few, were from people who begged me to go back in time and save a loved one from a tragic death. He says, those letters are heartbreaking. I almost couldn't read them, and I felt a certain amount of shame for not anticipating the false hope I placed in so many hearts. On the other hand, I also get letters from people who, despite postal regulations, threatened me with either bodily harm or death if the ad turned out to be a joke or a scam. He says, I guess it all balances out. He goes on to say that several years ago, I even got a letter from someone on the staff of the Jerry Springer Show asking me to appear on the show. Friends asked if I was going to take him up on it. Are you kidding? I'm not a good enough actor to pull that off. He said, why did I use the Oak... Uh, he said, why did I use the Oakview P.O. Box? I now live in Oregon. Well, I used to live in the Ohio Valley, just a few miles from Oakview, and a P.O. Box there was on my way out of the valley. My daughter, Megan, used to read them to me on our long commute up to I-5 to the magazine, about 800 miles each way. What happened to all the letters? I wish I still had every one of them. For a while, I kept hundreds of them in a big box in the trunk of my Honda Civic. But when the trunk leaked, they all got mildewed. I threw most of them away, but I still have a few hundred left. What lies in the future? Even though I've now revealed it was just a joke, he says, I expect the P.O. Box will continue to receive letters until the end of time. And for all the writing I've done, they are probably the only words I've written that will outlive me. In the meantime, it's 13 years later, and I still need a girlfriend. That's how he ended it. I like that a lot. So if you want to write to him, knowing now that it's a fake ad, the P.O. Box is P.O. Box 322, Oakview, California, 93022. I wish it was real. But, I gotta say, I'm glad to know that the mystery behind it has been solved. The answer to one of the most well-known time travel ads ever was, well, we needed a couple more things in the classifieds to balance it all out, and I couldn't think of a joke on time. See, and you thought you wouldn't learn anything cool from this episode? Now, I know you thought that because I've already read the comments about this episode, and how dare you? Okay, what's up next? Well, next up, what about all these people on forums and TikToks and sites saying, hey, I'm a time traveler, let me prove it to you? Well, there are a bunch of them. And after reading a bunch of them, I was like, First of all, I was like, fuck these guys. These are terrible. They're, they're not even trying to come up with cool things. They all have the same basic BS. I come from the future. It's a desolate wasteland of blah, blah, blah. Wars have happened. Mankind has been pushed out to space. It's a lot of bullshit. Like all the YouTube ones. And I mean all the YouTube ones are fake and easily debunkable. But, then there's some guys that keep it close to the vest and make me go, I doubt it, but maybe? So let's start with this one. A man known only as John Hedist 
went on Reddit saying he was a time traveler, and after a year or so of not really answering people's questions about the future, he stopped posting, because he said he was moving on to another time in the past. Again, do I believe him? Not really. Because he never mentions the freaking coronavirus. This started in 2018. That's only two years out from the coronavirus. Doesn't really mention that. And he kept saying he didn't want to spoil the surprise coming to all of us. And if that was the coronavirus, John, you're a dick. But let's look at some of his predictions from 2018 to see if there's any proof that he might be a real time traveler. A few of these we're going to have to wait a little while on, but there's one that's going to happen very soon. So we'll see very soon, and I'll do an update. Some of his predictions are Keith Richards suffers cardiac failure on June 16, 2022. Now, I think we all know that Keith Richards will outlive everything on the planet, and probably the planet himself, but if on June 16, 2022, Keith Richards dies, all right. Score one for John. He also says a planet named Tish, T-Y-C-H-E, Tish, was discovered in 2028. It's approximately 630 light years from Sol, from our sun, or about 60 billion miles. Now here's one that's coming up very soon, and I thought I had talked about it on a previous episode, but I couldn't find it, so let me talk about it now. This guy, John, predicts that Tom York will commit suicide. That's right, Tom York, of Radiohead fame, will commit suicide. He said the death of Tom's wife hit him hard, and after years of battling crippling insomnia and substance abuse, he sadly takes his own life on August 4th, 2020. Now, he predicted these in 2018, so he had a couple of years of padding, but we're less than a month away from that one, so... We'll have to wait and see. Now, obviously, nobody wants this one to be true. So, Tom York, if you happen to be listening to this, don't do it. Reach out to me, reach out to friends, reach out to family, reach out to whomever you need to, because the world needs more Tom York. Okay, somebody else asks, what year does Dave Matthew Band, Dave Matthews Band, get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? And he said... 2020. Well, let's take a look now at what year did Dave Matthews Band get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first story that comes up from January 2020. The Dave Matthews Band will not be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Womp womp. Minus one for John Hedist, which is a good thing because again, I don't want his predictions to come true. Okay, up next he says, this is from 2019. Someone asked him these questions, and he decided he would answer them. They said, what's the government like in your time? What's the ruling socio-economic ideology of your time? How is Russiagate hysteria and the social justice warrior hysteria viewed by historians in your timeline? I know that's why you're here to study that, but what, what is already known by historians? What will happen in China and USA in the next 20 years? There are people in this timeline who also claim to be time travelers. Are these people real, like John Teeter? Has the multiverse theory been proven or disproven? Where is the safest place to live during climate change, World War III, and the exodus of Earth? Now let me pause right there. That's why I don't want this guy's predictions to become true, because he says we're very close to World War III, where China and Russia will basically decimate the world with nuclear bombs. Uh, this guy keeps asking more questions. Have other time travelers broken time traveling rules? Do memes still exist? Is it okay if I PM you? Blah, blah, blah. He says, um, the closest thing to your time would be socialist, but way different. We have no political parties. I'm not sure what Russiagate is. Also, social justice warriors is a derogatory term. Hell yeah, it is. Those people are nearly... the are nearly the ones who actually care about certain things that are happening in your timeline. They have the right idea. Show them some respect. Uh, number three is that is immensely vague. What is that one? Ba-bum. Oh, what will happen in China and the U.S. in the next 20 years? He said that's immensely vague. Uh, ba-bum-bum-bum. Our, what about time travelers? He said 
With the exception of maybe two, they're all attention seekers. What about John Teeter? Never met him. What about the multiverse theory? Said, still a theory. Where should you live? What's the safest place to live during climate change, World War III, and the exodus of Earth? He says, uh, stay away from the coasts. That's it. Just stay away from the coasts. Have other time travelers broken time traveling rules? He said, I'm sure they have. Do memes still exist in your future? Yes, they do. And finally, is it okay to PM? That's fine. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, then he goes on to say, in 2020, your timeline, or someone asks, in 2020 of your timeline, did Bitcoin crash indefinitely or did it recover? He said it never recovered, but it was replaced by a few new cryptocurrencies. So if you've got uh, money invested in uh, Bitcoin, 2020 might not be your year. Well, guess what? 2020 is not your year for anything. 2020 is the worst. Someone asked him what causes the Mandela effect. And he said the Mandela effect is caused by the aforementioned fractures in time overlapping. It shouldn't happen, but sometimes it does. They, uh, someone asked him, I'm curious as to why nothing has come up in this conversation pre-year 2020. It seems like a year from now until 2020 is forbidden knowledge. Is that the case? And he responds, I knew someone would ask this, and I have been purposefully vague, and I'll admit it. The time you're living in is one of the most intensely studied and debated time periods in modern human history. Because of the unusual circumstances that lead to the Trump administration and the unfortunate, unfortunate consequences of his actions or inactions, these next few years are studied not only by me, but several other historians. What you should keep in mind, as I've said before, is that every decision makes fractures in time. So if I definitely say that Trump will die of a heart attack tomorrow and that doesn't happen, I have egg on my face. Not only that, but we have guidelines that we're required to follow, one being that we're not supposed to reveal a great deal about major events. This is because just telling you about it could alter the events in unusual and sometimes unexpected ways for the time traveler. The biggest reason, though, I don't want to ruin the punchline. See, that's what I'm talking about. This guy's a dick. If the punchline is the coronavirus, F everything about this guy. Because the coronavirus sucks. 2020 sucks. Ruining the punchline? Guess what? Your joke, the punchline, it sucks. Someone also went on to ask him uh, if the Earth looks the same as it always has, like in his time. And he goes, this is a tough question. I never lived on Earth. I was born March 24th, 2123 on Europa Colony. I've been to Earth only a handful of times. In a few other comments, I described a series of cataclysms that befell Earth in your time. One in which California was swallowed up by the Pacific Ocean following a magnitude 14.7 earthquake. Sea levels did rise, although not for two centuries or more, and yes, it was due to global warming. As far as I'm aware, there were no new land masses formed, but as I said in previous comments, Earth is sort of a sanctuary monument now. There are maybe a half a million people who still live there because of the Great Exodus. Okay, Kurt here. No. Earthquakes of magnitude 10 or larger cannot happen. The magnitude of an earthquake is related to the length of the fault on which it occurs. That is, the longer the fault, the larger the earthquake. Now, a fault is breaks in the rocks that make up the Earth's crusts, along, with, uh, along which rocks on either side of which have to move past each other. No fault long enough to generate a magnitude 10 earthquake is known to exist. And if it did, that fault line would extend around most of the planet. So, sorry, John Hedist, whatever the hell your name is. There is no 14.7 earthquake that will ever happen because there is no fault line that would wrap around the earth and then some. Fun fact, the largest earthquake ever recorded was a magnitude 9.5 on May 22nd, 1960 in Chile. On a fault that is almost 1,000 miles long. They say, in parentheses, basically, that's a megaquake. Alright, so that's enough for this guy for the moment. But, speaking of earthquakes, another time traveler, this one from 2075, 
said that Los Angeles is hit by a 10.2 earthquake in 2022, making California sink 10 feet after the massive quake that decimated Los Angeles. Again, no, it's not going to happen. No, it isn't. No, it didn't. There's probably going to be a big one. Yep, that is true. That is going to happen. But a simple Google search would have helped either of these quote-unquote time travelers on what could physically happen. Not a 14.7 and not even a 10.2. Okay. There are also some debunked time travelers. Like Andrew Carlson who was supposedly arrested in March 2003 for SEC violations for making 126 high-risk stock trades and being successful on every one. Now, they say that he started with an initial investment of $800 and ended with over $350 million, which drew the attention of the SEC. A later report suggests that after his arrest, he submitted a four-hour confession where he claimed to be a time traveler from 200 years in the future. He offered to tell investigators such things as the whereabout of Osama bin Laden, cure for AIDS, in return for a lesser punishment, and to be allowed to return to his time craft. Although he refused to tell investigators the locations or the workings of said craft. A mysterious man posted his bail and Carlson was scheduled for court hearing but was never seen again. Records show he never existed. What?! Well, how can you say that's a debunked time traveler, Kurt? How could this guy go from $800 to $350 million, know all of this crap, and then poof, disappear, and never exist? Well, this story originated in the Weekly World News, a fake bullshit tabloid. It was then reported, or repeated, by Yahoo News. It was soon reported by other newspapers and magazines as fact. That, plus the internet, means that everybody and a ton of websites say, nope, Andrew Carlson was real, this all happened, and now people are trying to make it seem like a hoax to try and stop the knowledge of time travel. Nope, sorry, did not happen, he is not real. Okay. Now we have this prediction. One woman said, I had a dream, but this wasn't a normal dream. It was a prediction. I saw machine people and beings from other worlds. I saw fighting and bombs and the most terrible things. Now the woman claims she heard a strong voice speak to her, saying the numbers 2033. Three. So... We're going to have to wait and see if in 2033 there's machine people and beings from other worlds and other crap that is just bad. But we're not done yet. We haven't even started this episode yet, so let me get right into the beginning of this episode with a TikTok time travel paranormal news right here in the middle of the episode. That's right, more paranormal news. What's up with all these time travelers on TikTok? According to 2028 man, Biden wins the presidential election. Oh, and we're all gonna die. That's right, he claims he's from the year 2028 and has seen America's future. He and a handful of others were sent back to 2020 to change things. He references the start of, quote, the Great Collapse, which will eventually result in 90% of the population dying and says the 2020 election ends with Biden winning and Trump having to be removed from the office. Now on TikTok, he goes by 2028 man. He claims he's a time traveler. It's an extension of the time traveler videos on YouTube. People, usually men, declare that they're here from the future and have very important info and get a shit ton of clicks and views and other crap. One of this guy's Viral videos is a prediction that Hurricane Kyle will hit Houston on August 10th. August 10th. Another date that's coming up very soon. And he says it'll be more devastating than Katrina. These predictions aren't that left field, but they still add to the misinformation that's quickly, that quickly spreads on TikTok. 
including that psychic that I told you about on a couple of episodes ago on that paranormal news where this guy was like, hey, I'm a psychic and I know this. And then he goes, hey, I'm not really a psychic. I run a news aggregation site. And frankly, I'm just smart enough to know stuff. Now, unsurprisingly, this guy, 2028 man, has more than 170,000 followers in less than a month. And they are all asking him about stupid shit, like, is Pizzagate real? The answer is no. No, it's not. Pizzagate is fake. If you believe in Pizzagate, you are in the same category as a flat earther to me. They also asked him, will there be a One Direction reunion? The answer is yes. So there you go. But another time traveler, not 2028 man, but 2029 man, says he was sent back to 2020 from 2029, and he references the Great Collapse. And he claims that the 2020 election ends with Trump being forcibly removed. Fingers crossed. While his predictions are rooted in the popular culture, he says that there is a Lil Uzi Vert, I don't fucking know what that is, will be exposed as an alien. Sure, why not? Addison Ray retires from TikTok in 2022. Gasp, not Addison Ray. And he's also been equally controversial and one account has tried to expose him. Oh no, that's right. The time travelers are saying, hey, that guy's not real. I'm real. 2028 man, I'm real. 2029 man, he's, he's fake. And 2029 man is going, hey guys, fuck 2028 man. I'm from one year more in the future. This guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. The point is, and this story just keeps going. It's so fucking dumb. This story keeps going. There's 2028 woman, 2025 man, 2027 man, 2039 man, 2044 man, time travel 2030. All these idiots are bickering amongst each other. And they're getting a shit ton of followers for it. Don't buy into this shit. Don't buy into TikTok. Listen to me, Kurt. 2129 man. That's right. 2129 man. A hundred years better than 2029 man. It's dumb. It's it's really bad. And it really angers me that these guys are making money off of this. And good money off of this. Like, come on, man. I, I want to make good money off of stupid shit. Okay. One more thing before we start this episode. It's a little show-and-tell part of the episode, and you have to go to the Facebook page to see these, or I guess you could Google them, or actually, I guess you could just imagine what I'm talking about. You know, you're an adult. Again, you do you. But do we have proof of time travelers in art and photographs? Well, the first painting is called Mr. Pinchon and the Settling of Springfield. Now, it was painted in 1933 by Umberto Romano. And in the lower right-hand corner, there's a Native American using an iPhone. Well, that's what a lot of people want you to think. But, in reality, the popular theory is it's a Native American looking in a mirror, which was given to Native Americans as gifts at the time by the settlers and sure, it would have been astounding for them to look in. Now, here's the odd thing. Nobody, none of these people that want to, you know, prove to you like, hey, man, there's a Native American holding an iPhone in this painting. Well, if they would just look up and to the right, there's a witch flying on a broom in this painting, too. But guess what? He's not some time traveler. Umberto's not a time traveler. He can't predict the future. No, he put the witch in for fun because it was painted in Salem. And the Native American, again, is probably looking in a mirror. Okay, next up is the expected one by Austrian artist Ferdinand George Waldemerlin. Now, this painting is at the New Pinkothek Museum in Munich, which shows a woman wandering the countryside looking down at her phone. Or does it? Because, nah, it really doesn't. Art experts think she's looking down at either a book or a photograph. Not a phone. Just because she's looking down at something that is slightly rectangular 
doesn't automatically make it a phone. Just because everybody outside, when people were actually outside walking around, has their face in a phone as they're walking around, doesn't mean that Austrian artist Ferdinand George Waldemerlin, you know, predicted that was going to happen. Okay, how about this one? There's a photograph. Now, in the photograph, I'm going to describe the photograph to you so you can get a mental image of it. It's of a beach from 1943. There's a bunch of people lounging about on the beach. There's a cliffside in the background. It's all pretty 1943 beach looking. But in the middle of the photograph, there's a man in a brown suit checking his cell phone. That's right. He's actually looking down and his hands are close together. He's looking down at his hands like he's looking at a cell phone. Well, a lot of people say, no, he's rolling a cigarette. Nothing more. Not a cell phone. Sorry, guys. Again, contrary to popular belief, people actually look down at their hands prior to having a phone in their hands. It's amazing, I know, but it happened. All right, how about this one, though? It's a photo of a woman holding a cell phone from a 1971 Chester Himes novel titled All Shot Up. Well, it's actually a makeup case. She's holding a makeup case in her hands, not a cell phone. And I'll be honest, I looked at it and I'm like, that doesn't look like a cell phone to me. That looks like she's holding a wallet, in my opinion, but they're saying makeup case. Sure, why not? Okay, how about this one, though? There's a photo that shows a soldier from World War II dabbing, not kind of dabbing, clearly dabbing in the center of the photo. People are like, how did the soldier know about dabbing in World War II? He's clearly doing it. Time traveler. Well, actually, no. This one is really easy to debunk. It's a photo of actors and extras from the movie Dunkirk. That's it. It's a new photo of actors and extras from a World War II movie called Dunkirk. That's how this guy knows to dab. Okay, how about this, though? A Tumblr question from 2018 till now, and it says, Why would urban super cities depopulate? The plague, obviously. And then the person responded with, Hey, something to look forward to in 2020. What? This happened in 2018. How could he know? Well, the person actually responded with, Oh, for fuck's sake. And then the person, another person responded with, Hey, look, the op posted this in 2018. What an on-point prediction. That's right. This guy just jokingly said, huh? You think 2020 or you think 2018's bad? Wait till 2020. And then when 2020 came in, he went, oh, fuck's sake. I'm sorry. Just a prediction. Just a joke that turned out to be all too accurate. And that sucks. Okay, how about this one, though? Remember the TV show Last Man on Earth? Starring Will Forte? Remember that? Well, if you Google, what year is the last man on Earth set in? Well, it's the year 2020. The plot, almost a year after a deadly virus sweeps the world, Phil Miller, Will Forte, is seemingly the only human survivor in late 2020. As he searches for others and paints signs in every state saying he's alive in the hometown of Tucson, Arizona to find no one, blah, blah, blah. That's pretty crazy. Still, just a coincidence. Okay, but how about this? In the new Spider-Man video game, there's a shot of Spider-Man in front of a building, and on the building, all along the side of the building, it says, stay home, stay safe. Stay home, stay safe. I can't tell you how many emails from work that I have replied with, and that's my ending thing, like, blah, 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 here's your stuff. Stay home, stay safe, Kurt Sandvik. Crazy, right? Nah, not really. It's not that crazy. It's not like it said, stay home, stay safe, 
the coronavirus is going to hit and you're going to be forced to stay home and play this video game for six months because you can't go outside. So, there you have it. Here is an episode all about time travel. So let's get started. Oh, wait, no, it's the end of the episode. Well, if you made it this far, can you go back and tell me to do a better job on this episode? Can you go back in time, tell me to do a better job on this episode? Or can you uh, go back in time and tell me everything that's going to happen so that I can make this episode extra special and accurate in all its predictions? If you could, that'd be great. So time travelers, as you already know, email me at paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Paranormalalmanac at gmail.com or on the Facebook page. I want to talk to you, time travelers. I want to talk to a time traveler live on one of the call-in shows. Either one that's about to come up in the future or one that's already happened in the past. And maybe someone will be listening to these and go, Hey, Kurt, you already talked to a time traveler on a call-in show, you know, two months ago. And then I can go back and listen to it and be like, Holy shit, I did talk to a time traveler. I don't remember this happening because it already happened or is going to happen or has happened or never will happen. Alrighty, guys. So that about does it for this week's edition a paranormal almanac. Once again, I am your host, Kurt Sandig. Stay home. Stay safe. Stay in the past. Stay in the future. But don't stay in the present because the present sucks. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandig. This has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Skedrifusaya, <laughs> 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 <